Did she really do that? You betcha she did. Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Betcha She Did, the podcast where female entrepreneurs, leaders, and changemakers, especially from Wisconsin, share their wit and wisdom. I'm your host, Raina Rikiki. Today, I am very excited for my guest. I Today in the studio, I have Vicki Updike, and she is the president and founder of New Sage Strategies, which is a women's leadership development company equipping women with the tactics and strategies to continue to build their career. In addition, Vicki also runs and hosts the Women's Leadership Conference coming up this next month, October 3rd and 4th in Green Bay, Wisconsin, which we'll tell you a little bit more about in the show. Vicki, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I love your podcast because there's a lot of great things going on here in Wisconsin. People kind of forget about Wisconsin sometimes, but I was like, it's full of amazing women making change, making things happen. So speaking along those lines, I know you have a background in corporate America. So can you tell us about the journey from that part of your career to becoming a women's leadership coach? Yeah, you know, I never thought that I would be running my own company and doing my own thing, right? I was on a corporate journey and it was awesome. I I was on, my discipline is marketing, um, but as I moved through my career, I, my last corporate position was a president of Silver Star Brands in Oshkosh. And it was fabulous, right? It was it was a great team. We did good work and it was really good. But as I was kind of finding my way, I found that the thing that I loved most about it was, was the people development to do the great things. And that's what made me think of leaving corporate and uh, and doing what I do today. So I it's been six years uh, and I today... Um, do various different things, a lot of coaching with various women throughout the region, men too, but but women. Um, I do women's resource groups, which is a collaboration of coaching and group meetings. And I still do some executive team work, right? Executive team alignment and strategy. Um, that is just, you know, there's just so much wasted time in the in the executive space. <laughs> If they are not aligned. Yep. So sometimes it's easy to have an outside person come in and say some of the hard things and, and get them back on track. So yeah, those are the corners that I, that I, that I focus on today. Awesome. Yeah. That's a kind of a wide range of things from like personalized, you know, group mentoring to help working with different companies and executives. So in your experience, what are the key challenges that women often face in leadership roles? And like, how do you help them navigate those and overcome those challenges? Yeah, I would say the number one is confidence. You know, we are never 100% confident 100% of the time. I don't care who you are. I'm not right. Um, And, you know, it's, and, and confidence for me is a skill, just like leadership is a skill. It is something that we have to continue to work on. So I work with a lot of women on strategies to do it anyway uh, and work through those less confident moments. And that's what continues to build your skill for confidence, you know, and, and then it comes more naturally. But it's that self-doubt uh, that leads to that and to kind of just put that all aside 
and and let's focus on what it is you want to or where you want to add value and and go there. So that is still, you know, that is still I would say most uh, of my coaching clients, but a, a um, strong second is being heard, right? It is the the voice at the table, and you know those were things that I experienced way back when when I was in my corporate journey, and I'm like, you know, it still goes on. So if I can help women work through those, um, that's that you know I love it. I love that. I mean, I can definitely see how confidence can be like a muscle that you just you just got to exercise it and build it like a skill in terms of being heard. Like what are what are some things women can do to be heard? I mean, I, I definitely can see how that can be tricky and, you know, we're often overlooked, yeah, it's funny. which we shouldn't be. But, you know, so I come from a family of talkers. So like when I was growing up, I'm like, it was nothing to have two, three, four people all talking at the same time at dinner. So what we did was we just we just talked louder, right? We just talked louder to try to get your voice heard. Well, I learned quickly that that doesn't work around the the uh, leadership table. So, um, but what I find is uh, there are disclaimers women will put on their statements. It's like, oh, I don't know if I should say this, but maybe we should think about right all of those things that make it seem like whatever's coming is not that important. So right, so. I would say cut the disclaimers. Stop discrediting your point before you even say it. So that's number one. Number two is uh, is get to the point. You know, sometimes we, I worked with this wonderful CFO and she would tell me all the reasons why what she's about to tell me is going to happen and what, what it's all about. And then she would give me the answer. And then she'd tell me all the scenarios and why she thinks that could be right or wrong. And I'm just like, you get lost in what to listen for. So, right. So my, so if someone's asking you a question, answer the question first and and make it clear. And sometimes the fewer words are a lot better. So those are a couple little tactics. I like that. I don't, and I've been seeing things on social media, uh, these great little posts. And I can't remember if it was from you or from someone else where it was saying things like, you know, when you say something at a meeting, stop uh, prefacing it with like, I hope that was clear or this hope this is a reasonable request. Like I was giving people permission to dismiss you. And it's like, don't no, don't say that. Just be like, I stated a clear question that this was a fair request. You know, you don't need to make it gentle or polite or quiet, you know, even though we're raised that way. For sure. Those are perfect examples, you know, or after you make your point, you put the well, we don't have to, or it, oh, it was just my thought or, you know, and it's like, no, you know, and that's, and there is a confidence about being bold with just putting your idea out there. And yet that's what everybody wants to hear. That's why you're around the table. Yeah, exactly. That's why you're valued. You have great things to share. So <laughs> be, be confident in sharing those things. So yeah, those, those are key, key items. Going along with that, you know, women often, have more on their plate than men. It's been my experience, my friend's experience. I feel like society's experience. What do you, do you often have to talk to women about that work-life balance um, and, you know, finding balance and not leading to burnout? Mm-hmm. Like, do you have any tips or strategies or advice in that category? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that is so personal too, right? And it's so hard to, to tell people the right or wrong answer on that. So, so, but yes, 
you know, it's well documented that, you know, women do less, uh, do more of the non-paid work, I think is how like studies are calling it. So it's all the um, making the kids to go where they are, right? And shopping and just all of those things, laundry, cleaning, whatever it is that, yeah, women pick up more of the burden of that than men. And, and sometimes that's necessary, right? I, um, on my journey, as I was going through my climb to the corporate ladder, I, um, I was going through a divorce and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, not only I, I, you literally have to do it all yourself. And so as I reflect back on those years and, and what that was like, it was important for me that my work knew my boundaries. So there were a couple days a week that I could work till whenever, right? I didn't have a time that I had to come home, but there were the other days that I had to leave and to just say those things. So people understood them. And, um, and there, of course, there were always a couple exceptions on when that didn't happen, but people are very respectful of boundaries if you share what the boundary is. And so that's where I say, as you are going through your days and your stressful moments, find what are the things that are making that, uh, those moments overwhelming and start peeling that onion and saying, okay, this, right. I have to be gone by five 30 or, or, you know, or I'm not answering emails after six 30 or whatever it is for you. Those are very reasonable boundaries and people will respect them. I just encourage people to be bold enough to say them. And because you do a lot. And I also say, right. We as women are like built to do it all. I mean, and right. We can, and many of us enjoy those those components of our life when life is, is busy. So say yes to the important things, because when you say yes, you're saying no to a ton of things, but enjoy the moment where you can say yes to the fun things for you. Yeah. I like that. Like, don't be afraid to set boundaries and don't be afraid to say yes and no, (laughs) depending on the situation. Make sure it's worth your time. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I would, you know, I had a boss one time that he would text me in the middle of the night. And, and it wasn't, he was, he wasn't. Oh my God. Why did they think that's okay? Well, he was saying he is, I'm like, okay. Right. At this point I had teenagers that were driving and I'm like, okay, can you please just set an auto that those will hit my phone at seven o'clock? Because when my phone buzzes at night, I think my child is in the ditch. So can we just, and he was very respectful of that. He's like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of it. I send those. I don't mean for you to respond, you know? So it was a great but yet I had to go in and say, I'm not reading your texts at two o'clock in the morning. No. And don't make me think it's an emergency right. when it's not. Yeah. Like yeah. just use auto send or schedule it. Yeah. Like it's fine. And those are the easy ones, right? Those are kind of the big boulders that are easy. It's the little pop-ins of the person that says, can I have five minutes? And you know, it's going to be 45 minutes, right? And to say, and to, and to say, okay, five minutes. And if it needs to be more than that, you can stop them at the five minutes and say, we're going to have to find another time. But those are the, you know, those daily cadences are almost harder to hold your boundaries than the big the big ones. Yeah, I love that tip, actually, because sometimes, yeah, you feel like once the meeting started or, you know, whatever you're working on, you can't interrupt that flow. But it's like, you can. Why, why can't you just be like... It's not, I don't have the time right now. So let's find a new time. Yeah. And so, and there are people that just love to vent, which there is a value to being, um, to being someone that 
that people can vent to. And you don't have to take anything from the venting, right? It's like, okay, you got five minutes. And just so we know, I'm not taking any of this from you, right? They just need to say it. And we're like, okay, go, right? And it just, yeah, you know, but that's a way for you to kind of manage time and, and stay, you know, on the tasks that you have meaningful things to do in the day too. Well, speaking along those lines, you know, women's leadership has gained attention in recent years. It's growing. We still have a ways to go, but it is getting better. What unique qualities do you believe women bring to leadership? And how, how do you help women like leverage those qualities effectively? Yeah, I would say the one is their uh, emotional intelligence. Uh, women are more perceptive. They listen at a different level and, and they can see things broader than just the business topic in front of them, right? We can see when people are being distressed about things. And so emotional intelligence, I would say, is the top one. Um, and it is it is in, more important now, right? And it's, it's gaining importance in leadership, that emotional intelligence. But when I was going through my journey, that necess- wasn't necessarily the case. So what I love about women on their leadership journey today is that you can be you, truly the authentic you. So if you care about people, care about them. If you cry, cry, right? These are things that are um, that are uh, acceptable and actually make you just a stronger leader and um, and you know can collaborate with the team to get better results. But before I just saw the cry thing. Okay. So crying is, so can I stay on crying for a little bit? <laughs> you, you know, women hate crying at work. And, and the rule is, is if, you know, if you don't have to try not to cry, um, but yet crying is, there's a reason for it. So I always tell women, if you do have the tears, just explain why your tears are there. Don't let anyone assume why you're crying. So, right, you could be passionate about something. You could care about something. You could, you know, you could be feeling a loss of something. And those are all real things. But but put words to those tears instead of having others just kind of guess what you might be crying about. Um, but, it, but it's okay to cry because that's how we are sometimes. Yeah, and we're humans. Exactly. It's a, it, I feel like it makes you relatable. But I, I do like that's a great tip. It's like, don't let anybody assume what it is about, like, be clear in in what you're expressing and your emotion. Yeah, yeah. So but those leadership traits, right? As you look at the skills on leadership traits between men and women, women carry, you know, those that that uh, where it's understanding the person you're working with better. So they excel in those skills. And that um, is just so incredibly valuable. So keep caring about people, you know, keep doing the good work you do. Let's talk a little bit about the Women's Leadership Conference coming up. Like, where did the idea come from? And then what can people expect? I know I'm excited. I can't wait to go. I can't wait for you to go either. Um, Yeah, so it started. So we 2023 is our fifth year. So it's our five year anniversary. Uh, so that's fabulous. So in 2018, as I was, so as I was leaving corporate, I, um, was invited to the Forbes women's business summit in New York. It's a three day summit. I mean, I think Michelle Obama was legitimately talking. I mean, she was the speaker there. So, I mean, I wasn't able to go, but it got me thinking kind of like you, 
there are some really cool women here in Wisconsin. What if we pull ourselves together and have a wonderful day for us? And that's where uh, the idea started. And I connected with an event management company. I connected with a couple of companies just to say, okay, what do you think about this? And I had just gotten very positive support. So we started planning. 2019 was our first year. And I think we had 240 women there here in Appleton. And it was, and it just, there was an energy in the room, Raina. I have no, I don't know how to explain it other than I, it almost brought me to tears and it almost does every year because at the end of the conference, there is just a hump. They're all talking, they're enjoying themselves. They're learning from each other. They're networking. And that is what I say. That is what success looks like, right? It's just, it's amazing. So, so that's where the little idea came from. And, uh, and, this year we are at the Rush Expo in Green Bay. So this is our third venue because we've outgrown the two prior venues. Um, and I know, kind of cool. Um, and it is a full day conference. We start in the morning with breakfast and a keynote speaker and we end with the day with uh, another keynote speaker and a cocktail reception. And in between there is times for you to meet people. There's times to learn. There are definitely a ton of inspirational stories that you will hear. Um, and, and really it is a day for you, uh, to just unplug from what you got going on and soak it all in. Are there any particular speakers or, um, sessions that you're extra excited about? I I look through it. I mean, it all sounds amazing, but is there anything that you're like, I'm really pumped about this? Yeah. Yeah. There always is. I mean, everyone it's, it is, So as I work with women throughout the year, really hear what is going on now and really try to pull those topics into into the conference, right? One of them is influence, right? How do I have more influence at work? How do I have, you know, can make an impact? How can I show my impact? And we have a great speaker, Karen Lemke, that's going to talk about being the powerful you and doing all that. And it makes sense for how you are. So it's just, she's, that one is, um, I'm super excited about. Our keynote, Quinn Connors is talking about having your voice heard. Uh, And sometimes we don't even have to say anything for our voice to be heard. So how can we have that presence that we have a meaningful uh, dialogue and people understand? We leave with that common understanding. Uh, So, and she's just, hilarious and funny and, uh, and just, she's, she's going to be amazing. Um, so those are a couple topics that I'm excited about. Yeah, those sound good and very timely, you know, just for being in 2023, like influence kind of, yeah, letting your voice be heard among, among the many voices out there. Can I give one more? Um, we have um, the director of Title Tom Tech speaking, and she is bringing with her one of the entrepreneurs that they support and that is building their business within Title Tom Tech. And it is just so cool to hear how women entrepreneurs can get their businesses funded and give them exposure and support to take their business to the next level. So, you know, these little crazy ideas we come up with, and, you know, it's been, uh, politely called our side hustle, 
but what can you do to make your side hustle the thing? Uh, so, um, you know, so there's, uh, so you don't necessarily have to be in business to, to enjoy the conference. Um, we really have the topic structured in a way that you will take value from whoever you are, uh, whoever you happen to be in, uh, in their session. Awesome. That was another question I had. So I'm glad you answered that. Yeah. Like you don't have to be a leader in the business setting or have a business. You just need to be a woman who wants to be inspired, wants to network, wants to meet some rad women, and you will get a lot out of this conference. Yeah, absolutely. You know, those are our three pillars, right? It is inspiration and, and you can take the inspiration you get to any facet of your life. Um, you are going to learn new things and those new things you can use in any aspect of your life. And I really, really encourage people to network. We don't have any reserved tables this year, which is the first year we're not doing reserved tables. But what I found is with the reserved tables, people were just sitting by people they knew. And I want, you know, and so, and that can be scary for some of us that are walking in all by ourselves. So we are, yeah, so we're making that easier. I like that. Mix it up, <laughs> get people, get people talking and meeting other people. Cause yeah, it's, it's not going to happen if you're just with your friends and hanging out with them the whole day. This is sort of going along with the women's leadership conference and after the conference, like, are there any like books or podcasts or even other workshops that you find really fulfilling in terms of developing women's leadership? Any recommendations you could give for our audience for resources they could check out? So one of the ones that I love, love right now, is, well, I love Kim Scott. So, um, and I've been trying to get her at the conference. I just haven't been able to work that out. But Kim Scott has a book, and I think it was out last year, but it's called Just Work. And she highlights a few of these barriers that sometimes we as women don't know we're even bumping up against them because it's the way it always is. And, uh, and her voice is bold and brash. And, um, so, but I got to tell you, okay, so I know there's a lot of Brene Brown lovers out there. And, um, I, so I first read Brene Brown when I was president and I am reading this thing. Like, what is this? I'm like, okay, I will set that aside. But right now I've opened that book back up about five years ago and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. It's like, uh, and uh, so vulnerability and clear is kind. And I'm just like, so I ended up, I had the book, I was, had the audio, I had her reading the book while I was like taking notes and I'm like, I don't, so it's funny how sometimes it lands and sometimes it just doesn't. So, um, so I, so I am, so she's, uh, I, I love following her now and, and, uh, but, uh, it took me a minute. Hey, that's okay. Sometimes it's, it's not the right timing. Right. And then now you're like, Oh, it all makes sense now. Or like, I'm in this space in my life and it's like, uh-huh, it's clicking. There we go. Yeah. I would say a shared experience that, um, that, happens in in almost all of the women's resource groups that I facilitate is that they recognize that they're not alone. And, you know, because we think we're going through this and it's like, oh, you know, it must be me, how it must be the environment. How are we to navigate through something like this? And when you are able to share that 
in a room full of respectful women that they're like, oh, let me tell you about my story or let me tell you about what worked for me. And there is just such validation that comes with knowing that you're not the only one going through these issues. And at, because sometimes we feel like we're on an island, right? I started the, the women's resource groups because when I was a president, I felt there wasn't a room that I was in that I couldn't shed the persona of president to talk about the real issue, right? The things that are truly that I'm struggling with. And, you know, even, you know, and it could be my insecurities, which I'll put that out there, but some of the, but, you know, I was a young, I was a young president and I didn't want to share those insecurities with many people. And that's why I started these women's resource groups and really came to a place where we can talk about those things in a really structured, helpful um it, you know, manner that we really feel supported and you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. That's so key. Could you tell us a little bit more about the women's resource group? Like, can anyone join at any time and who is it specifically for? So how the groups work, we keep them small. Um, So there are 10 to 12 members and we keep them small because we really want the members one to know each other well and two to have the time to really support each other. So we keep them small and they're intentionally. The structure of the group is, depending on the group, there is uh, times when we meet as a as the larger group and that, you know, so the 10, 12 of us will meet and um, which is facilitated by me. Topics come from the conversations I'm having with the members. It's like, okay, would you want to bring that to the group? How, you know, or I find a podcast that, touches on something and then we, they all have to listen to it before. And then they, they talk through it. Um, And then there's coaching. So there's still one-on-one coaching and um, that time is their time, right? I don't bring, that is their confidential. uh, What are they personally working on? And if they want to bring some of that to the group, they can, but that's still the one-on-one professional development for you. Um, So And I ask for a year commitment. One is because the group gets, they they want to stay together. They don't want strangers coming in every month, right? Um, No, that makes sense. You're building relationships as you go. So, yeah. And they're non-competitive. So there's, there is not, you know, so you're, you you know, if there's two uh, marketing agencies, we would only pick one because, right, we just don't want conflict of interest. Um, But they are women- and how they're structured. So there's a women's presidents group. So all women presidents, there's a women executive. So women that report to presidents is another group. And then there's that director layer and the individual contributor, right? Really those, those people that are, you know, that are moving their career forward and enjoying it all. And, you know, and still need to find a meaningful network of people that they can talk about the hard things to. So those are the three different types of groups and the groups and there's multiple per, um, per type. Um, but we usually kick off in January and, and we sign up for a year. Uh, and so, yeah, those will be kicking off here in the next couple months where, um, where we will be uh, putting the groups. I got to tell you my women's president's group though, has been together for 
five years and they're like, if you, we don't want, oh, oh, wow. they're like, we don't want anyone new right now or right. Or, or so <laughs> I'm like, and because it is that ownership of those relationships is important to me too. Well, sounds like there's a lot of exciting things going on in your world with the women's resources group, the one-on-one coaching, the leadership conference. Cool. Well, on that note, um, we're going to wrap things up. Please check the show notes. In the show notes, I'll have all of Vicki's links, including a link to sign up for the Women's Leadership Conference on October 3rd and 4th in Green Bay. Uh, Vicki, thanks again for being on the show. Um, as always, if you like what you're hearing on You Betcha She Did, don't forget to share the episode with a friend who might need to hear it. Follow us on social media and leave us a positive review wherever you listen to your podcast. Until next time. Attention, you betcha she did listeners. If you're like me, you love listening to podcasts, and perhaps you have even thought of starting your own podcast. If that is the case, I would love for you to download my free top 10 podcasting equipment essentials. Here you will find my recommendations for 10 pieces of podcasting equipment that will help you get a podcast up and running smoothly without break in the bank. That's right. Podcasting does not have to be a super expensive endeavor. It's actually quite affordable and is a great way to elevate your voice, grow your brand, and get your name out there, especially as an expert. Check the show notes for your free podcast top 10 essential equipment guide. You can also go to podcaststartupguide.com. <laughs>